doubt ourselves, right? Sometimes we doubt what we're supposed to be doing and the word that God has on our lives. And sometimes that happens. And, and we have to be willing to remind ourselves of who God made us. And this was a verse that, um, I, that I had been drawn to a long time ago. Um, and, and it's actually the verse that Jesus quotes about himself. And I'm not claiming to be Jesus. Um, it's just, you know, his spirit and his authority uh, has been given to us, right? So here we go. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And this is important. All right, I'm reading the New American Standard Version. You read whatever version you want to, uh, but this is, this is for you too. This, this scripture is about you as well, right? So this morning, you need to understand that, that Jesus said, all power and authority I give to you, right? So you're able to, to say this about yourself now. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. Man, this morning, God, you know, as I, as I started reminding myself of who God had called me to be, I just started preaching to myself, man. It's like this morning, if you're afflicted in this house, it's my job to bring good news. If you're brokenhearted, we're going to bind you up and take care of you this morning. We're going to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. And that's on you too. And here's what's, here's what's crazy about it. So I was in my garage. My wife's tire was low and I was on my way uh, up here this morning and, and I was getting ready and I'm like, dang it, my wife's tire is low and I will not hear the end of it if she has a flat. So <laughs> I need to make sure that uh, her tire is filled up. So I'm waiting on the air compressor to fill and I felt something in my shoe and I'm like, oh, what is that in my shoe? So I take my shoe off I'm like, I don't really see anything in my shoe. I can feel something there, but I, I don't know what it is. And God said, well, that's because you're preaching with your shoes off today. I'm like, well, that's weird. And here's the thing. I am somewhat ornery, and uh, I like having my socks match. And if you will notice, my socks do not match this morning. And, and it was in that moment that I really felt like God was saying, here's the thing, the message that you're about to preach, most people feel disqualified for because they can't even get their socks to match. And, and, and I just need to tell you in here, like, Jesus came to give you his authority. And it doesn't matter if you are struggling to get your laundry done. It doesn't matter if you're struggling to keep up with the dishes. It doesn't matter if you feel like a sucky parent. It doesn't matter. None of that matters in here this morning. What matters is the fact that you made it this morning and that Jesus wants to use you. And so this morning, um, you know, we've got all kinds of different stuff. And for those of you that know me pretty well, uh, you know that I am a bit ridiculously competitive. All right, I am stupidly competitive. It does not matter uh, what it is. I will compete, um, and even with my four-year-old, who's now five, um, I, I'll compete. And, you know, so I've been trying to rein myself back in for a while, like, because my oldest son, he's eight, and he's playing baseball now. And I remind myself constantly, it's just a game. Anybody in here like that? It's just a game. It's just a game, Brantley. Yeah, so I, I walk onto the field, and then they start warming up. They haven't even played anything yet. They're just warming up. They're all in, in, a, in a line. And I find I'm not the coach, but I will get out on the field because I am that competitive. I'm like, no, I can coach. I, let me coach these kids, right? 
I, I got issues. And, and so I'll get out there, and they're all in a line throwing, and I, I go up to my son, Gabriel, and I'm like, hey, if you slide back a little bit, you'll be throwing farther than all the other kids. <laughs> I know it's wrong. But here's the thing, like, I, it transcends sometimes, unfortunately, it, it goes into church world. And that, that's whenever it becomes a problem, right? Because now you're actually sinning. And so, like, I'll be walking around, and we went to a, uh, uh, there was some sort of church event that happened in the downtown Woodstock Amphitheater. And so I go up to Ross at one point, and I'm like, hey, you know, I think we had more people at our Easter event than this. <laughs> it's okay, don't judge me. Come on, somebody else, y'all have, to, y'all have to come along with me, right? Yeah, there's somebody that is equally as competitive, and you know you've got issues. Is there anybody out there? I need you to raise your hand. Uh-huh, oh yeah, amen. Thank you. Help me out a little bit here. Yes, okay, that's you. We're, we're good with this. Right, but we, so we've, got all, we've all got different stuff, right? So, um, and there's, there's other things that I deal with personally um, that, that are a bit more serious. You know, one of those things is, I, at times, I have anger problems, all right? Seriously, I have some anger problems that I deal with occasionally, um, and it's not good, especially like dealing with my kids. Now, kids were designed to be annoying. You know, they can't control that. They were built that way. Like, whenever God created children, he's like, and you're going to be annoying. One day, prayerfully, if your parents do a good job, you'll come out of that. But right now, you're annoying. And, and I have to be okay with that. But here's the thing. I, like, I will yell at my kids, like, unnecessarily. And I told, my ki- I told my son the other night, I was like, listen, son, sometimes you deserve to get yelled at. Like, <laughs> that's not good. But I did tell him that. And then I was like, there are times, though, whenever daddy yells that it's not okay, all right? And, and I'm, I, I understand that, and Daddy's trying to work through his stuff, okay? I'm trying to work through it with Jesus. Um, and, and he got upset one night uh, this past week because I yelled at the dog. And he's like, Daddy, I wish you wouldn't be so mean to the dog. I'm like, listen, boy. <laughs> that dog don't understand English, but he does understand, ah! He understands me yelling at him. Right. And um, so, I I mean, we've all got our stuff and and, and some of it, you know, some of it is is like that. But sometimes maybe maybe your thing is that you are a just you're an alcoholic. Um, you, You got issues with alcohol and you know it. Right. Maybe you got issues with with lust or um, maybe you're a malicious gossip. Um, You know, you just don't hold back. Right. But at the end of the day, like, none of us walk away feeling good about our stuff, right? None of us walks away going, man, you know what? I am, I am so glad I struggle with anxiety to the point that it makes me nauseous every day. Nobody does that, right? You, you want an answer to that. Nobody walks around going, man, I love the fact that I can't control my addiction. Man, I'm, I'm proud of that. Like the fact that I go out on Friday nights and I just get hammered and, and I don't remember anything that I've done and, and I know that, that I've done some stuff because of the stories that I've been told. Like I, I know that that's some crazy, some crazy things, but man, that's awesome that I can't remember any of that, right? Like we don't do that. Now, if we're honest, like we all know the crap in our lives and the fact that Man, it it embarrasses me. I don't like that it's there. I don't like that I have an issue with my anger at times. I don't like that. 
And I'm constantly reminded of the fact that, that Jesus came to break every chain. We love that song. I love that song. That's an incredible song. But, but if I can be honest, for most Christians in this room, most of you, we, we know that we are saved. We don't have a problem with that. We're like, man, I believe in Jesus. He came to set me free and all of this. He came to break my chains. I am no longer a slave, but I am adopted as a son. But why the crap am I still chained to the floor? If he came to save me from my sins and, and break me free, then why do I still struggle with this stuff? I was an addict before Jesus, and I'm still an addict after Jesus. Nothing changed, except I feel a little bit better about myself. And that's the question that we're going to be dealing with today. Because for the longest time, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand how it worked. I, I didn't understand the premise. Because I understood a lot of church hope but not a lot of church reality, a lot of, a lot of spiritual realities in my life. And that's what I, I hope that we can deal with today. Now, this is the start of the series Escape Room, and um, we're going to be giving you a lot of practical tools, but this is kind of the precursor. This is the precursor before we get to a, a ton of practical application um, because you need to understand some different things uh, about the chains in our lives if you're going to understand how to get set free from them. Okay, so this is, this is just kind of the, the precursor to that, and, and we're going to go to, to John uh, chapter 8, John chapter 8, as we look at this. Uh, it says, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you'll become free? See, they were struggling with the same question that we have. Listen, Brantley, I've been to church a long time. These are great messages on chains. I've never actually been in chains, right? So how does this actually apply? Well, that, that's kind of where, where we need to go. Let's go to Exodus. Go into your Bibles to Exodus. Now, as you're, as you're turning in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 14, you need to understand some things. Uh, uh, with this, today can be a great day for you. It's not going to mean jack squat if you don't do anything with it whenever you leave. It's not going to mean anything if you, don't, if you don't do what you need to do. This is just a jumping off point. That's all that this is. Because if you come to church for an hour and a half and expect that your whole life is going to be different and you never have to do anything different in your life, it doesn't work like that. Now, I'm not saying don't come to church, right? I'm, I, that's not what I'm saying, <laughs> right? There, there's something different that happens when you get here. Did you know that we have some great people that show up on Saturday nights to pray and anoint this place? Before you get here, there's something different that happens because the Spirit of God has been welcomed, it's been ushered into this place so that you can have the best possible experience and, and encounter with Him. And ain't nobody been praying over your house recently. I know, because I talk with you. Right? Get here. 
There's something different that happens, but then you take what we give you and you take it home with you. It requires you to take something uh, uh, with you on a daily basis and say, all right, I'm going to take that as my jumping off point, and then I'm going to actually use it. We're here to give you tools, not your new house. All right, let's go to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. Verse 26. Um, so let me give you a little bit of, of backstory on, on this. So in, uh, in Egypt, the Israelites are fleeing. Uh, they're, they're running from Pharaoh and his army. And, you know, they're, they're like, God says, get out. So they're running out. They're taking all the gold and stuff with them. And they think everything's going well. And then Pharaoh and the army starts chasing them. And now it's become a bad day, right? And so uh, they're now at the Red Sea, and they have nowhere to go. And so what do they do? They're like, great, God, you tricked us. You let us out here to die. And God says, take it easy. I got this. Uh, I've done this a couple of times before. And so he, he, he says, all right, Moses, stretch out your hand over the, the sea, stretch out your staff. And so he, he does that, and the waters part, and now they're crossing over on dry ground. Then the, the Pharaoh and the Egyptians start pursuing them. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots and their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak while the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. Then the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, even Pharaoh's entire army, and that had gone into the sea after them. Not even one of them remained. But the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea, and the waters uh, were like a wall uh, to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. When Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the, the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. Let's skip down to chapter 15, verse 20. Miriam, the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels, with dancing. Miriam answered them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and his rider he has hurled into the sea. So they're fleeing from Pharaoh. They've been enslaved for hundreds of years, dealing with oppression. And then God, in, in just a, a short time, gets them through the Red Sea, provides a way of escape, and then he buries Pharaoh and the Egyptians in the sea. That's what happens for us at salvation, all right? In case you were wondering, that's, that's what happens to us, right? So we are, we are enslaved. We are in chains. And, and, and so you have to understand there's two, there's two different worlds at work. If you read your Bible, you'll see there's two different worlds that, that are at work here. You have the physical world and the spiritual world. And they're separate, but they're together. They work together. All right, and so... Before we come to understand who Jesus is as our Lord and Savior, and, and before we choose to accept him as our Lord and Savior, our spirit is, is emaciated. It's, it's malnourished. It is bound in chains and enslaved to the body. It's enslaved to the physical world. And then we choose to accept Jesus in our life, and, and, and that spirit is then released of those chains. 
The same way that, that Pharaoh and his army were destroyed in the Red Sea, our sins are then just destroyed. And in a moment, the chains that wrapped up our spirit have been released, and we go through a second birth, a rebirth, and now that spirit that was emaciated, malnourished, now it's a new creation in the name of Jesus. That spirit rises up, and, and now we have what starts to, to happen is it's the battle between the spirit and the flesh. And so if you've ever been in church and you've heard this term, the flesh, like we're talking about the physical world, our physical body, and, and the things that it desires. And, and, and we got to take a look uh, back at Exodus here. In Exodus 32, see, if you had looked at, at those uh, Israelites and said, hey, listen, I'm glad that Pharaoh and them are destroyed, but you're still enslaved. They would look at you like you're crazy, right? They would be like, no, nah, I saw all of Pharaoh and his armies. They were all destroyed in the Red Sea. I know that, that I'm not enslaved anymore, but here's the thing. Whenever we go to Exodus 32, we see that they are still enslaved because we find them at the bottom of Mount Sinai. Moses is up on the mountain, and, and they start to, to lose their spiritual mind a little bit. And so they turn and they create a golden calf. And they start to worship this golden calf. And that's whenever we see, it's like, well, wait a second. I, I thought that you were free, but you're not free. Because your physical bodies stopped paying attention to the spirit. Your physical body stopped paying attention to the God that was up on the mountain and started paying more attention to the physical needs, the physical fear, the physical anxiety, the physical stress, the physical uncertainty. And so you're like, you know what? I'm going to go back to what I know in the physical. And what I know in the physical is what I was taught back in Egypt. And so you start relying on that physical nature to start directing your steps instead of the spirit of God who's waiting at the top of the mountain to speak a fresh word into your life. Let's go to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. Here Paul is talking and, and so Paul was a slave. Paul was a slave to self-righteousness. He was a slave to the letter of the law, right? And, and, and it was all about his works and how he could measure up to the letter of the law. It, it was no longer about the people that he served, but it was all about himself. And then Jesus came and literally knocked him off of his horse. And he says, hey, listen, there's a new work of grace where you no longer have to worry about all of your actions. You just need to worry about my grace. And so Paul is, is realizing, you know what? Jesus came so that everybody could be set free. And for him, he was being set free of his self-righteousness and the letter of the law. And, and he's talking to a group of people that they kind of felt the same way. And so he says, for if I rebuild, everybody say rebuild, what I have once destroyed, to me, I, I read that and I think a lot about those chains. For if I rebuild what I once destroyed, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. 
Therefore, I will not rebuild what was already destroyed out of my life. But that's the problem, though. The problem is that we lived in Egypt for so long, we are choosing not to operate in the spirit. We are choosing to operate in the flesh. And, you know, I think a lot of times we get so messed up trying to hear from God. Like, God, I just need a fresh word from you. Lord, give me direction. And and we have false expectations as to what God's voice actually sounds like. See, whenever Jesus came into our lives, we were directly connected to him. We were directly connected to his spirit. So now, if we choose to, his thoughts become our thoughts. His ways become our ways. His character becomes our character. And so we have the easy opportunity to listen to God. It's really, really easy, and we overcomplicate it too many times because we know that the things that we're thinking that are going to lead us into flesh, the things that we're thinking that are going to lead us back into addiction, those are not the things of God. The stuff that's going to lead us into God's will, that's God speaking to you. Don't overcomplicate it. You are connected to his spirit, and he's speaking to you. Let's look at this a little bit farther. Go to Ephesians for me. Ephesians chapter 4. Here it says, be angry, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. Some translations say, do not give the devil a foothold. So, Here's the thing that we need to understand about these two passages together. We have the opportunity to rebuild chains that Jesus already broke off of us. We have that opportunity. We have power and authority to operate in Jesus. But here's the other side. Our flesh also, if we want it to, has power and authority to rebuild what Jesus broke off. And here, it's talking about this idea that if you know that you can rebuild what what Jesus has already broken off, then stop giving the devil an opportunity to rebuild stuff in your life. So many times I, I, I meet different people and, and they're like, man, I don't know why Satan is oppressing me like this. I don't know why there's this spirit in my house. I don't understand why I'm struggling so much with my lust lately. I don't understand why I'm struggling so much with my finances or my alcoholism. I don't understand why I'm struggling so much with my depression lately. And, and it's like it's overwhelming me and I know that there's some sort of spiritual attack coming against me. And sometimes... Maybe that's because you're moving in a good direction, but more times that I, that I have encountered people in, in conversations, it's because you continue to choose to think with your physical mind instead of your spiritual mind. You continue to, to think and, and build chains that Jesus broke off. You're welcoming the demons into your house. You, you are welcoming stuff into your life that you don't want to be there, and, and yet we still look at this and we go, Jesus, I don't know understand why I'm still chained here. I don't understand why I'm chained. It's like, well, stop rebuilding the chains. I was feeling really discouraged this week. And I don't know why. I, I, I mean, I, I, I think it was the enemy that wanted to discourage me, but then God uses all things for his good. And so he turned it into a sermon illustration. And, and so I, I, I got discouraged and I was, I was driving out of the parking lot feeling really bad. I, I mean, like, really bad, heavy depression and, and all of this over me. And I, I was like, man, I don't know where this is coming from. I've never felt anything like this. And as I was driving out, I saw Pastor Rick. And he's, he's not a pastor on staff here, but he's a pastor to us. Um, and I saw Pastor Rick, and I, I had the thought, you need to go ask him to pray for you. 
And I was like, well, that's dumb. <laughs> like, that's just my own thoughts. But I've been listening to God for a little while, and I've been practicing listening to him. And I'm like, all right, God, if this is a moment where you're actually speaking this to me, then I'm just going to go ahead and step out and do it. So I pulled a U-turn and went into the parking lot where he was. And I was like, Pastor Rick, man, I need you to pray for me. And he started talking with me, and it was a great conversation. He started using fishing analogies, and I'm not a fisherman. And he started talking about, about fish slime on your hands. And he's like, you know what I'm talking about? And I'm like, yeah, totally know what you're talking about. I didn't have a clue. I lied in the moment. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. So I, I lied and told him, yes, I do know what he's talking about. And I understood where he was going, right? And, and so he prayed for me, man, and I felt a little bit better. And I started my drive home and, and then God continued to speak to me and I had to let the dog out. Anybody got dogs in here that shed a lot? Yes. All right. So my dog doesn't typically shed a lot, but the past like eight weeks, my dog has been nuts with shedding. It's crazy. And so I go home and I'm thinking about this dog and God drops this analogy, this analogy on me. And he, he showed me where I would go in and I'd have to vacuum up all the fur all over the place, right? I'm vacuuming the whole dang house and vacuum off the couch and the different chairs and stuff. And some of y'all are nodding your heads along because you know what the drill is, right? And, and, and so I'm, I'm doing all this vacuuming and then I'm done. And then it's like five minutes later and there's hair everywhere again. And I was so angry. And God's like, that's your view of sin. That's how you see sin in your life. You, you do all this cleaning up, cleaning up, cleaning up, and you're like, okay, I'm going to clean, 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 clean. And then five minutes later, you're back in the same city. You're like, dang it. I thought I was delivered of this. But it's all right back again. And God said, but let me show you how I see sin. And he gave me this picture, and he's like, all right, all of y'all step outside your house, please. All of y'all step outside. So we all go outside. He blows up my house and rebuilds a brand new one. And he says, all right, here's your new house. Don't bring the dog back in here. Now, that's, not a, that's not a God that's a fan of PETA. But you get the analogy, right? I mean, like, that's how God views sin is he's like, listen, whenever you were saved, I destroyed those chains. I destroyed all of that. You do, as a physical person here on this earth, you have the authority to do one of two things. You can think in the physical or you can think in the spiritual. That, that's your two options. Those are your only two options. And you know whenever God is speaking to you because you know the things that are going to lead you down a path to destruction. And he's saying, listen, I've already set you free. Stop bringing the dog in the house. If you want freedom in your life, stop bringing chains into your life. And, and, and that's, that's where it started going. It's, it was so crazy because then I started realizing, wait a second, nobody just randomly shows up at a strip club and is like, oh, I didn't know I was here. You know, I thought I was at the grocery store <laughs> since I'm here. <laughs> that doesn't happen, right? It's a series of thoughts, right? And, and I've, I've heard about behavior modification my whole life. I was raised in Baptist church. That's what we do, behavior modify, right? It's like, 
Hey, you, you love Jesus, you're going to heaven. Now let's modify your behavior. You love Jesus, you're going to heaven, modify your behavior. Go and sin no more, right? And that sounds great, but I've had a rough experience in life with that. Now, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Behavior modification, that's part of it. Because we have a physical body here on this earth. And so our physical body needs to live physically in a way that represents Jesus. The problem that I have experienced, and I'll just say that I have experienced, is that we never involve the Holy Spirit into the behavior modification. It's like, I know that I'm supposed to be better, so I'm just not going to do anything ever again. That's not it, though. See, we have to start feeding that new creation. We've got to start feeding the new creation. And, and so there's a series of thoughts that leads up to every single action, right? And, and so maybe it looks a bit like this for you. My boss was a real jerk to me today. And you know what? I've never liked that guy. I, I'm a great person. I'm a great person. I probably ought to quit. Probably ought to quit. That's where it starts. Probably ought to quit. Never mind the fact that you were late 12 times in a row, right? But I, I probably ought to just leave my job, right? So let's see. Let's get, there we go. Yeah, so that's, that's just one thought, okay? Probably ought to quit. You know what? He's a jerk. He's never liked me. Nobody at my job has ever liked me. Nobody at my school has ever liked me. You know what? I, nobody that I know actually wants me around. And, and then you go home and, and you know that sitting in the dark by yourself is probably not a good position for you to be in. Believing that nobody wants you around, you choose to isolate yourself. And you engage in an activity now that isolates you even more physically. It's moved beyond the mental, it's moved beyond the spiritual, and now it's into the physical. Maybe if you're an alcoholic, every day after work, man, for the longest time, you know, before you were set free, for the longest time, it was every Tuesday and Thursday. Every Tuesday and Thursday, man, I'd stop by this one bar. You're driving home and you have the thought, you know what, I wonder if any of my old buddies are still there. I think I'll stop in and just say hello. Maybe it's, man, you know what? I've been dealing with a lot of pain, lots and lots of pain in my life. And I, I don't know how to continue dealing with all the pain. And you know what used to make me feel really good? Is that pill. I wonder, if I, have, I wonder if I have any of those left upstairs. Some of us, you know, maybe you get in trouble on Facebook, right? Hey, you know, I wonder how my ex is doing. And, and so you go, you check, you check your ex's page and you know what? They got divorced. Maybe it's a phone number that's still in your phone. You know, maybe, maybe I ought to call and check on them. 
And it just, it's those simple thoughts, right? None of that sounds harmful, right? But it's one thought after another thought after another thought. Nobody actually wants me here anyway. I've never experienced anything else that made me feel the way that this does. And now, all of a sudden, I'm up in the middle of the night with my computer looking at pornography. It's just one, one little link at a time. One little thing at a time. And then before you know it, you're chained again. And then we come in here and we're like, Jesus, I thought you set me free from all of this. Isn't it funny how that works? Like, <laughs> we go through all of this process in our head. We allow the thoughts to continue. And then we go out. We perform the actions after, after we've had all of these times where it's like, well, should I think with the physical right now or should I think with the spiritual? I'm going to go with the physical. Should I think with the physical or the spiritual? I'm going to go with the physical. And then we show up and we're like, Jesus, why did you set me free? Stop letting the dog in the house. For the longest time, I, I haven't understood this chain in my life. And it's because it's all been about strictly behavior modification, behavior modification, behavior modification. There is an element to the spiritual that is bigger than the physical. You need to understand that Jesus has given you authority, just like we talked about at the very beginning. Jesus came into your life. He gave you power and authority. All power and authority that's been given to me, I give to you. Right? And so we don't have to come in every single week like this. We don't have to do that. Because God's given you the ability. But th this is where it comes back to you and going home. And, and here's the thing that you need to understand. Whenever I tell you, hey, listen, you need to be reading your Bible on a daily basis. I'm not telling you because that's what makes you a good Christian. But you're feeding the animal inside of you. You're feeding that new creation inside of you. To the point where more food and more exercise, man, it's going to become a beast that's going to overtake your physical nature. But you got to feed it got to feed it. And, and, and then what you're going to find is, is you're going to start leaning in on God and you're going to say, God, start showing me all of the different links in the chains, Lord, and, and help me to start breaking those off because I do have power and I do have authority. And, and so what ends up happening is, is you start unchaining yourself because now the authority of Jesus is in your life. And the initial work that he did in your life, he's now commanded you to do in your own life. And he's saying, listen, I've already deposited my Holy Spirit inside of you. Now it's up to you to start praying, God, show me the links in my chain. Show them to me and then, and then put them on notice and say, listen, I know that this is a link in my life, but I'm not going to have it in my life anymore. And, you, and you, start, you start calling it out one by one and you're like, listen, I know that I have anxiety right now beyond anything I could ever imagine or ever hope for anybody to experience. I don't want this on my worst enemy. It makes me want to throw up every single day. You know what? The Spirit of God says, do not be anxious for anything. 
And so today, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, anxiety. You will not have a chain in my life. Starting to get angry with the kids for no good reason. You see it, and, and you're like, man, I've been feeding the animal. I've been feeding the beast inside of me. The anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. And he who practices righteousness is righteous. So I'm going to start practicing. God, you did not give me a spirit of anger. God, you did not give me a spirit of lust. God, you did not give me a spirit of addiction. In the name of Jesus, you did not give me a spirit of timidity. God, you did not give me a spirit that wants to gossip. Lord, I've lost so many friends because I continue to run my mouth, but today I'm keeping my mouth shut because you've called me to, and the tongue is a powerful thing, and I'm going to start using it for your glory, God. In the name of Jesus, I will praise you instead of gossip today. Lord, in the name of Jesus, you have given me a, a, a spirit of a strong mind. God, you have given me a spirit of power. You have given me a spirit of love. Lord, you have redeemed me. You have saved me. You have not given me a spirit of slavery, and I will not answer to it anymore. start calling out the links one by one. Here's the thing. I've already established. You hear the voice of God. You do. Don't question it. If you pray this prayer, if you say earnestly, God, show me the links in my chain that I need to start breaking off. He's going to show them to you. For most of you, he's going to show you within three seconds the thing that you start with. And you may have a lot of chains, and it may take you a long time, but you're going to start finding them one by one. The Holy Spirit is going to direct your attention. In the name of Jesus, I'm prophesying over you right now. The Lord is going to bring to your remembrance the stuff that you need to deal with right now. And one by one, you're going to start rebuking that and dealing with it. And you're going to say, you have no place here. Depression, you have no place here alcoholism you have no place here and you may be tempted to link them back together at times it's okay don't feel discouraged we've all linked them back together don't feel discouraged but as soon as you realize it you need to realize I'm thinking in the flesh right now I need to think in the spirit in the name of Jesus I break you off right now I will not be a slave to you in the name of Jesus. And you're going to start seeing it's going to get easier. It's going to get easier because you're involving the spirit in your physical body. It's going to get easier. But you've got to start. I'm going to pray that God shows you that right now. But here's the thing. I only have so much authority. I don't have authority over your life. If you want to see, start, you, if you want to see change starting to come off of your life, You've got to want it for yourself. And you've got to pray it. And God is not going to leave you. He will not forsake you. He is not going to let you down in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. God, I thank you, Lord, for breaking chains off, God. Lord, I thank you for giving us a new house, a new dwelling, God, a a, a new spiritual body that's hungry for more of you, God. If you are in here right now and you want to start identifying those chains, 
I want you to pray this simple sentence. God, please show me the links in my life that need to be broken. And then strengthen me to start breaking those in the name of Jesus. God, thank you for this moment, Lord. Thank you for the links that are being broken right now, God, and the links that are going to continue to be broken for the rest of these people's lives, God. Lord, you are glorious. You are mighty. You are a good king. Lord, and we are not enslaved, God, but we are free in your kingdom. Bless these people, Lord. Bless them, God, and give them the strength to continue on moving in the spirit instead of the physical. We love you, God, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.